everyone and welcome to Enneagram Plus Yoga. Kat Smith here. I want to welcome you back. Uh, we are so excited about today's episode. We continue our conversation with Courtney Perry and Courtney, of course, is um, somebody who is so similar in her love for Enneagram and yoga to us because she uh, has a platform that is called Enneagram, which combines yoga and the Enneagram. So today's episode is all about motivations and motivation specifically for Enneagram types 2, 3, and 4. I hope you enjoy this episode. Courtney's wisdom and lighthearted spirit are definitely not the ones to be missed. So sit back, relax, enjoy. And as always, thank you so much for listening. So what motivates the two can be summed up in one word, love. I mean, it's Valentine's week right now while we're taking this. It may not be when our listeners are listening, but it is Valentine's week. And I do love Valentine's Day. I am all about love. We had the most chill Valentine's Day that we've ever had this year. But usually I'm like, oh, yeah, bring on going out to eat for a nice dinner and all of that. But um, yeah, so two thrive in spaces filled with empathy, nurturing and emotional connection. Two's um, need to appreciate people and feel appreciated in return. Um, any other things you would think about as, or share as far as motivations of the two? Any thoughts? Uh, no, I think that was a great summary of it. And I feel yeah. like maybe, you know, you should answer this question, <laughs> yeah, but I'll tell you my, yeah. my I mean, first. We're go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, we're motivated by helping, by giving, by being seen by being liked. I mean, I think that those are some of the core values by being generous. Um, and then underneath that, sometimes underneath the motivation is we don't feel seen and we don't feel liked. And um, we, there's, you know, usually a childhood story that, you know, some of our, some of our needs were missed where we weren't loved. And we figured out that in order to feel loved, we had to help. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, yeah. What were you going to say? Well, it, I wonder, uh, you know, you'd mentioned fives, hard to get fives in the room. Um, I would say twos also sometimes are hard to get in the room because as you mentioned, the self-care aspect, we have a, we are, we confuse self-care and selfishness. Um, mm -hmm. And so a two might think it's selfish for me to leave my family and leave or leave work and go spend an hour doing yoga. What? Just for me. And yeah. um, when in reality, it's like so helpful. They need that space alone, not only to get in touch with what do I need, um, but to pull away from that unavoidable awareness of everyone else's needs around them, which can also be tricky in a yoga room. If they do walk in the yoga room, you know, they're in tune with what everyone else is, uh, doing in the room and like, Oh, they might be new. I'm going to go ask them if they need to know where the mats are and, you know, things mm -hmm. like that. So then even when they get in the room, the challenge being, okay, you know, build that community. That's great. It's great to have a two in the room to help us all feel welcome. And then though, can you make that separation of turning the focus inward and really trying to be honest with 
what you feel and what you need and knowing it's okay, no matter what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How does that land mama? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. She's not lying. That was great. <laughs> so talk to us a little bit about how to's approach uh, their yoga practice. So you just shared some, but any, any other thoughts about that? Um, I, I think, you know, obviously we each have our, it's the fear, the anger, the shame that we deal with. I think that can be tricky because sometimes in a yoga practice, that shame or sadness might really come up for the two, what they've been trying to avoid. And then it might be embarrassing if tears come or why are these tears coming? Um, So just giving oneself the permission to feel the feelings without having to even know where they're coming from or why they exist and allow that to be okay. Yeah. To receive in a class like that. And I've Mm -hmm. noticed for myself that it is hard. It is hard to cry and in a class and because it is hard for me to have my needs met, but when I have, and when I've allowed myself to, you know, have fellow students or a teacher comfort me it's been really it's been good I I think that's because I think I can do that now because I'm learning how to receive and I'm practicing going to my four a whole lot more but it it was a lot harder earlier on to do that and it's still hard but I'm working on it (laughs) (laughs) yeah so that was well said yeah that definitely lands for me yeah thank you thank you Okay, well, let's talk about the three. So we're still staying in our heart triad. So threes are our achievers and they are motivated by excellence. You know, if it's not the best, it's not even worth it. Mm -hmm. So competence matters to them. They thrive and continue success and achievement and knowledge that they are actually good at what they do. So Courtney, with all of that, what are, in your opinion, some practices, some ways that threes approach their practice and what would benefit them? They tend to walk in the door just like they walk through life, you know, like I very competitive and just knowing and understanding as a teacher that that competitive nature and the desire to perform comes from a place where they don't feel loved and valued for just for who they are. They've got to prove something to earn that love gives me an element of softness and grace toward them. Uh, and I, one of the greatest, uh, classes that we had at my gym that now we don't, I wish we, they would bring it back. It was a class called slow burn. And the idea was you moved slowly and very grounded. The room was dark and you were meant to keep your eyes closed the whole time. And that would be the ultimate challenge. Just like the 108 sun salutations is for me. I think for the three, that would be the ultimate challenge because who can you compete with when your eyes are closed only yourself. And so then it's like, wow. Maybe a one would have more experience with that, but I think the three maybe might be left. It might open a door for the three to get into themselves more in a physical sensation and an emotional sensation way, which is really what we need from the three is that access to the heart. They lead with it because they're taking in and reading everyone else's hearts, but they're not sharing their own. They're not even 
necessarily getting in touch with what they really feel. So a practice with the eyes completely closed, that's very grounded, I think would be lovely to step into the heart space for a three. Mm -hmm. I'm married to a three and, um, and, and he doesn't go to yoga. And I suspect I might be wrong, but I suspect that it's that fear of failure. So while there are a lot of threes in yoga because they like to be competitive, there are some threes and he's a self-preservation three. So he Mm -hmm. doesn't look exactly like the traditional three, but um, yeah, I think that that fear of failure keeps him from the mat because he does have the competitive edge that he wants to be really good at something or not do it. Mm -hmm. So there's a thought as well. Yeah, you know, one time I've heard and I didn't come up with it, but one of my teachers told me there's no competitive edge in yoga, even with yourself. Nice. And I thought, oh, what? <laughs> even with myself? <laughs> but that is true. As physical of a practice, it could be as challenging of a practice it can be. As you know, there's a lot of practices where you do grow and you are sort of moving through to a different level. There's still no competitive edge in it, you know. Mm-hmm. And 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 to embrace that, I mean, it's it's a challenge. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And traditionally, yoga was done as a a yoga asana, at least was done to prepare for seated meditation. So if you think about it in that way, you're like, oh, how would I, where would my mental space be right now? If I were preparing to sit down and meditate and what does that mean to me? And that is a great way to look at it. You're absolutely right. You know, with the word, you know, asana to prepare for meditation, meditation prepare for prayer so Mm -hmm. if if this is just a warm-up not the marathon where you get the gold medal it's just a warm-up for you to sit quietly and listen to the breath that could take the competitive edge right off (laughs) i love that that. (laughs) all right well let's move on to our four the individualists um like the seven also a creative type um, and they're motivated uh, by deep feelings, authenticity. Uh, they're motivated by creativeness. Uh, they're motivated by um, get, you know being themselves and, and being in a space where they can be seen by others. Um, what else would you say motivates a four? Any other thoughts about? obviously being their true self motivates them. They might choose the most obscure yoga practice they could find <laughs> in, on that Maybe journey of uniqueness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. They do have a deep appreciation for beauty and meaning. So I yeah. think a lot of them can bring a spirituality to the practice that is beautiful, that not everyone is prone to. I find my yoga practice is spiritual, but I can tell when I teach for whom the practice is spiritual and for whom it's just, they go at the gym and they're trying to get their workout in. So I think fours have a natural gift to access the spiritual side of a physical practice. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
I agree. I think they also have that ability to quote unquote go there, you know, in the uncomfortable, in the painful, in, mm-hmm. you know, in the area where you connect not just with the physical landscape, but your emotional landscape. And when the ugly comes out or where not so pretty comes out, they actually can go there and stay there for a bit instead of like that's Mm -hmm. weird and yucky let me get out of here so for a four to have I always say it's their superpower you know Mm -hmm. they can kind of get in the muck with you or by themselves and kind of like okay we can stay you know for those Mm -hmm. 2500 breaths (laughs) you know that's it's incredible to be able to get there yes so yes it is What else would you say about a four and yoga? Like what would benefit them? I know you said they're drawn to things that are a little unique and different, but what might benefit a four? When a four is on the mat, just holding the recognition that yes, they're having a completely unique experience different from anyone else in the room. And at the same time, every individual on their mat is having a completely unique experience. So honoring Mm -hmm. their own uniqueness and the collective experience of uniqueness that's happening in the room. And that might even be a way for them to open up to a comfort and a sense of belonging that's safe for them while while still remaining unique. That push that they have can go to the extreme sometimes. So that might be a way to open the door. I can belong here and I'm still myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And great point about the push and pull. That's a lot of a struggle for, for that, you know, I want it, but I don't want it, mm-hmm. I, but I don't need it. I want to be with them, but no, I'm too different. I can't, you know, like all of that pushable and it, the struggle is real from what I hear. I think, mm-hmm. I think my oldest is a four. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 a lot. It's a lot of feelings. Yes, lots of feelings. (laughs) Well, and and I think you touched on the belonging piece, Mm -hmm. and I think that that is tougher for. So, do I belong here? Do I belong here in this yoga community? I think that because they have a little bit of that fear of being abandoned and and some issues with you know, whether they belong, but also what's missing in a place and tending to compare places that they could have a hard time settling into a yoga community um, Mm -hmm. that they might enjoy yoga because of the deepness of it and the spirituality of it. And yet at the same time, they might resist it because they're comparing, they're thinking about what's missing. And then they're also wondering, do I truly belong here? Um, and am I going to be hurt by this community? Um, I also think it for might get into thinking, um, I can't do this because it's hard because some fours, not all fours, but some fours have trouble with doing the really hard things. And um, so, so I don't know. That's, that's a good thoughts. point. Yeah, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a nice bow on the heart <laughs> center, man. Oh, man, we went through the heart center fast. <laughs> After this word from our sponsor, stay tuned for a short meditation. Sometimes for our meditation, we do a guided meditation. Other times I read inspired works. And today I would like to read a poem that I wrote called You Are. 
You are the sun whose dance of joy elicits many smiles. You are the moon whose presence provokes the creatures to howl and appreciation for life. You are the clouds whose paintbrush creates beauty in the sky. You are the rain who pours out feelings full of depth and awareness. You are the thunder and lightning who arouses laughter and light in this sometimes mundane world. You are the tree whose accepting limbs reach out far enough to include all. You are the ground who weary creatures gravitate to and find rest. You are the lake whose placid and gentle waters comfort and quiet the soul. You are the mountain, the Rockies, whose beauty is not surpassed. You are the ocean who turns inward and then freely gives back abundant love and grace. You are the volcano who fills the world with a sacred energy that erupts in our midst. You are the cave whose walls of trust allow people to tell you their secrets and fears. You are the fog who embraces mystery and knows we only see in part. You are the wind who breathes healing life into spirits and makes all things new. And I just want to share that I think that the Enneagram is a pathway to celebrating who you are, but also who other people are. And I want you to take a moment to think about three things that you want to affirm about yourself, about who you are. And these three things can be related to your Enneagram personality, or maybe they're not related, but take a moment to think about three of your strengths. Maybe breathe in and out as you consider these three strengths that you have to offer the world. And if you struggle to think of three strengths, I would encourage you to keep thinking on this because it is so important to see uh, all that we have to offer and all that we are. But the Enneagram is also inviting us to look at our shadow side. And so maybe think of at least one thing right now in your life that you're aware of that is maybe an Achilles heel for you that you need to work on. And find three more sets of breath. And of course, the Enneagram is also inviting us to celebrate and see who other people are. And so take a moment 
to think about somebody that you have tension with, that it might be hard to see somebody, maybe a family member, a colleague, or friend, and try to see if you can think of two things about this person that can be hard to love that you see in them. Maybe two things that you celebrate about them that are related to their Enneagram personality and maybe not. And then breathe for three sets of breath. And then just know that the light in me sees and honors the light in each of you. And may we continue to do this holy and sacred work of celebrating who we are, all that we are, our shadow side, and also our gifts, but also who others are, their shadow side, and their many gifts. Namaste.